brothers and sisters, <clears throat> our brother has done well, and he has brought us squarely before this table spread with love. Now we here this morning are in what we would call fellowship with one another. Now, the power of that fellowship depends upon each one of us sincerely determining and endeavoring to walk in God's light in every aspect of our lives. Now, apart from that, Apart from that, it is meaningless, it's powerless, and purposeless. Now, if we walk in the light, John says, the blood of Christ cleanseth us from all sin. Now, two words here are deeply significant. Cleanser and all. Now sin is dirtiness and uncleanness and defilement. Sin is the natural motions and thoughts of the flesh. In me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Christ, Christ is the great reality, the key to everything. He was the perfect word of life, eternal life. John says, He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Now this is unmistakable and it's unevadable. We must have the Son to have life. Now see how John emphasizes this factual reality as the most vital foundation. We heard, we saw, we studied, we handled the word of life. This was no fiction. It was specific testimony to a specific person to be accepted. Specific truths to be believed. Specific commands to be obeyed. <coughs> that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, 
our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. <coughs> fellowship with the Apostles and with God and his Son depends on learning and accepting and bringing ourselves into harmony with these things that John reveals and declares. We must ever be on guard against letting technicalities take the place of realities. Fellowship is not on external agreement to associate but communion harmony unity of mind and spirit <coughs> we are in fellowship with God if and only if our entire lives and thoughts and desires and interests are centered on God. Only if everything we do is done for and because of God. Only if we think good thoughts. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Joy Joy is the great identification and secret of the truth. <coughs> if we have the truth in a real and living way, we have joy, deep overwhelming joy. This is the key to whether our faith is real or just an empty form. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. We are keenly aware, brethren, of our unworthiness as we approach the table of remembrance. <coughs> The real love of Christ means that we keep our first love. Now when we first came into the truth, we were full of eagerness and joy. We were anxious to please him. And Christ regards that state of mind, that first love, as all important. Here is message to the ecclesia at Ephesus. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. commend earnest contention for the truth and separation from those who teach and uphold wrong doctrine 
for he told the ecclesia at Pergamos, I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam. Behold the common drinking cup, such as Christ passed in the upper room, holds a great spiritual meaning. Again and again in the Bible, the cup becomes a figurative vessel. The cup of joy, my cup runneth over. This suggested to the psalmist the gracious love and providence of God. <coughs> The cup of gratitude. I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. In this poem of thanksgiving, the psalmist lifts the cup of deliverance and offers it as his libation to God. The cup of discipleship. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I drink of? Ye shall indeed drink of my cup. The disciples, thinking of the privileges which will come to them as followers of Christ, are taught the meaning of discipleship. The cup of obedience. O oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Now in the garden, Christ accepts the cup of bitterness to fulfill God's commission for his life. The cup of the covenant this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Now this is the golden cup of faith and fellowship that Christ gave to his disciples, the cup as a symbol of his death and the new agreement which it seals for all believers. Brethren, as we approach this table of the Lord and take into our hands the bread of life and the wine of forgiveness, let us lay aside the cares and the frustrations of the world and cast our burdens upon the Lord. He is merciful and he is quick to forgive a longing and an earnest heart. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, 
he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Rejoice. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, brethren. <clears throat> and let us sing with David unto our God who gives us peace in the midst of war. <clears throat> and at the risk of somewhat setting our schedule, I would ask that you join with me as we read this beautiful song and will prepare our minds and our hearts as we approach this table. The 23rd song. Psalms 23 and we say with David the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures he leadeth me beside the still waters he restoreth my soul he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord 